man. Well, I don't have a lot of time because I get talkative. Praise God. When that anointing hits me, I kind of want to talk a lot. Hallelujah. I do want to share something with you today concerning our, our series uh, called The Seed Effect. Um, even this morning when I was in prayer, the Lord gave me this particular part of, of, of the message. And that was about when Jesus was asked by his disciples and he was asked uh, by them. Actually, it was a, more like a, a request. And that was, increase our faith, Lord. He said, increase our faith. Evidently, they were seeing the miracles done by Jesus, and they're thinking, wow, we did not see that coming. That was not something we, were, we, 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 we intended on seeing today, that blind man or that, that uh, dead person raised to life again or that the two fish and the five loaves being turned into multiple meals for thousands and thousands of people. And so there are a lot of things that they were seeing that was literally blowing their mind. It would you too. Miracles, signs, and wonders, um, all speaking and confirming who Jesus was. And so they said, Lord, increase our faith. And this, this is a very, it, it wasn't bizarre, but it was, a, it was a, a really simple way of teaching what they were requesting of Jesus. And he said this word. He didn't answer them by saying, okay, zap, I've increased your faith. Okay, because everything in this life, I'm going to get to this in just a moment, but I want you to understand where I'm going with this. I'm going to teach, and we'll get into some preaching in just a little bit, but hang with me. And everything in this life is going to require our faith to get to where we're called to go. Every one of you have a destiny. Every single last one of you have a destiny, period, end of conversation. It may not be mine, but it is yours. And the only way you get into that destination destiny that you're called to or the promises of God that God has promised you is going to be through faith. Everything operates through faith, okay? So they're saying increase our faith. Good thing to ask. He says this. He says, if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed, how big is a mustard seed? Very, very small, right? They're actually mustard color. If I threw them in the carpet, this little brown carpet here, I'm going to tell you right now, it would just pretty much, you, it'd be hard to find that seed. If you held it up for me, I probably couldn't see it unless I was literally on it. It's so small. I've had them up here before. I actually have mustard seed on my desk at home. And just remind me about faith. It's very small. And he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted from the earth, the soil, and be planted in the sea, and it should, it should obey you and grow or produce fruit. Now, everybody in this room pretty much knows, we not have a farmer background to understand this part, but you pretty much know that trees don't grow in water. They need soil. There might be water around it, but they need soil. And certainly they don't grow in salt water. Come on, someone say amen to that. And producing fruit. So once you, you, you have a transplant, something that's healthy in soil, and you put it in water, it's going to die. Yet Jesus said, if you got faith, you can change the scope of what is into what you want it to be. Come on, somebody say amen to that. That's the power. And he didn't say you had to have gigantic faith. He didn't say you have to have earth-shattering faith. He said all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed to change your reality. It doesn't take much. And the Bible says that every man has been given the measure of faith. It was going to take faith to get the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. 400 years of cruel bondage, that's all they've ever known. One generation after another. Generations deep of their psyche being trained to be a slave. Nothing more. 
being told what to do every single day, eating what they give you, putting the clothes on that they give you, sleeping in the places that they provide for you. Every single day you're working on behalf of somebody else and you're never working on your own life. That's all they know for 400 years. And they begin to cry. And they moaned unto the Lord. And, and the Bible says that God had pity upon his people and heard their cries and raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses. And Moses would be the one to deliver his people and lead them out of Egypt into the promised land. And it's a type and shadow. Moses is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. He's not Christ, but he's an example of Jesus leading God's people not out of Egypt but out of the world. Egypt represents the world. Pharaoh represents Satan, who's the little G God of this world, the Bible says. And he led each and every one of you that gave your life to Jesus Christ, even this morning, he led you out of the world and into his promises. Somebody say amen. Or his promised land. That's the goal. And all they know now is bondage. All they know is to be, is to be slaves. And so they see the land. They've finally been let go of a series of miracles. You know the story. And it's a powerful thing. And they see the promised land, the land of Canaan. And um, so Moses said, we're going to send out spies to spy out the land to figure out what we got to do. We got to plan. We got to strategize to figure out how we're going to take the land. And so uh, he sends out 12 spies. These are the 12 leaders of the house of Israel. There are 12 tribes. 12 leaders are sent to go spy out the land. They go and they spy out the land and they come back to have a meeting with Moses to report back all that they found. And the 10, 10 spies all collectively came together. Didn't even invite Joshua and Caleb because they didn't have the same story as them. And they, you know how people want everybody to line up with them. Come on, somebody. Uh, they want people to line up with them. And so he said, we want to have a meeting with you. Moses said, sure. They came in there and said, look, uh, yeah, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. No doubt about it. I mean, these are the grapes the size of a man's head. I mean, it, there's unbelievable wealth and treasure. It is beautiful. It is amazing. But we got a big problem that we can't overcome. What the problem? He said, the problem is, they said, the problem is there are giants on the land. And they're so big. See, here's the thing, guys. You and I have been given a promise from God that God says, I, this is what I'm telling you you're going to have. This is what you're going to be. This is who you're going to become. Come on, whatever it's going to be. And this is the job you're going to have. This is the business you're going to own. This is the kind of mate you're going to have. Did you know God has the right mate for you? Yes, come on. He said, this is, this is it. But the problem is, there's a big giant on the property that you got to dispossess. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. you got to do a little spiritual warfare, but it will be worth it. In other words, the devil will try to come and intimidate you. Everybody say, push back. you got to learn to push back in the spirit. That's what prayer's all about. Getting with God and getting an anointing and some fire of the Holy Ghost and saying, Devil, you will not rob me of my future. Come on. Yes, sir. That's what this is all about. And so he's always trying to intimidate. And they got intimidated. And they said, We're small in their eyes. Went back to Moses and said, we are not well able to overcome them. Forget about it, Moses. But two other men, the kind of men I like to hang out with. 
probably the kind of men you like to hang out with, by the name of Joshua and Caleb, came in and said, what, did we miss a meeting? Was everybody, everybody upset? What's going on here? They got big smiles. They, what's, Moses, what's up? Uh, you weren't here for the meeting. What meeting? Well, they said that we weren't able. What did we move? We went in there. You should see the grapes. Oh, my God. It's flowing with milk and honey. That's what I heard. It's unbelievable. You can't wait till you see this place. And they said, well, and they said we got to go tonight. And Moses said, what about them giants? Yeah, so what? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. If God be for us, who can be against us? I wonder, do we got some Jason, Jake, Joshua's, and Caleb's in the house? I believe we do. And they said, they're too big for us. And he said, God said, that's not what I say. That's not what I say. And God called it an evil report. He said, you came and you gave my man an evil report of the land. But these two that came and said, we're well able, let us go tonight at once. And take it, those two, they have a good report. When you disagree with God, he calls it evil. When you, when you say, What's, well, yeah, I know God promised me that, but, you know, it's just almost impossible. Nobody's, I have never seen anybody get that before. I mean, nobody in my family's ever, ever had that before. I mean, nobody's ever achieved that before. You're already falling into the evil report line. Amen. They're too big for us. Well, maybe in the natural, I said in the natural, they're right. The giants are too big for them. But you are no longer natural. You're not just a human being having a human experience. You've been blood-bought, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You're, an, you're another, come on, another kind, amen. Amen. Come on, somebody, say amen to that. Your Bible says you're a whole new species of being because of who Jesus is. So you're not no longer just natural, but faith because you believe in God. You believe in his word. You believe in his son, Jesus, who now lives inside of you by his spirit. By his spirit. Faith converts your humanity into divinity. In other words, the supernatural God by his spirit came and now lives on the inside of you. Touch your neighbor and say, you holy, you holy. You never said, no, I ain't. Yes, you are. You know how I know you're holy? Because the Holy One lives in you. And if you didn't, if you weren't holy, in other words, if you weren't thoroughly cleaned out, if your temple was, 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 was a mess and, and it was unsanctified, your temple was a disaster, it had sin in it, he could not live in you. But when the blood of Jesus Christ came and cleansed you of all your sin, he made you holy. Am I right, church? And the only reason why he lives in you is because you're holy. He don't live in this church. He's only in this building because you chose to be here. Amen. So faith will convert it from the natural to the supernatural. Y'all heard me say this before. First service didn't get this part. But it's like getting your peanut butter and your chocolate. And your chocolate and your peanut butter. It's just better. Come on, someone say amen. That's the only way I can describe it in the, in the, in the English language. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews 11.1 1 
says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. Your faith is evidence. Your faith is evidence of things not seen. The Amplified Bible says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Your faith is the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Do you have a conviction? Down in your spirit that what God promised you is perceived as the truth over what you're currently going through. It's higher than your five physical senses. I'm convinced. I got up this morning convinced of what God promised Jeff Pruitt. I'm convinced of his word. I'm convinced I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm convinced. I'm no longer hoping about it. I know I got the title deed. I've got the confirmation. Woo! Glory to God. And my five physical, what I see with my eyes, that will trip me up. What I hear with my ears, that'll mess me up. What I smell with my nose, what I taste with my mouth, what I feel with my fingers and touch, those are my five physical senses, and they'll lie to me every time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't need to get no analogies about that. I, th that will get you in trouble. But I got a conviction down in my spirit of the reality of what God promised me is more real than what I'm currently going through. I know I'm an overcomer. Come on, somebody. We're living in a time that we're going to have to reach toward heaven to get our answers. I said we're living in a time we're going to reach toward heaven. Earthly wisdom is not going to be enough. I'm going to make this statement. You've heard me say this a thousand times. I'm going to say it again today. Everything you need has already been provided. Everything. Everything you need. That's why the word says to call. Hey, call. Hey, come over here. Call. Hey, those things that be not as though they were. Why? Because they are. They already exist. Come on, somebody. Jehovah Jireh is his name. That means the God who reveals his provision. That's what Abraham went through. When God told Abraham, go upon Mount Moriah with your son and sacrifice him there. God didn't want human sacrifice. But he was told to do it, and so he obeys God. All he knows to do at this point is, I know what he's saying don't sound right. How many of you ever heard God say something that didn't sound right at all? Oh, Lord, you sure about that? Oh, Lord, come on. Is anybody up there can change it? Come on, what is going on here? Right? Sacrifice your son. He goes in obedience. He goes and binds him to the altar. Almost is there to take the knife and plunge it to his son's chest to offer him as a sacrifice to Yahweh. And all of a sudden, the angel Lord stops it. God sees your faithfulness. He sees your faith. Now look where? Over yonder. 
and see there's a ram that's caught by its horns in the thicket. That shall be your sacrifice. Today you know God as not longer just Yahweh or Jehovah, but Jehovah Jireh, the God who reveals what he's provided. In other words, you, that, that ram was there the whole time. He just couldn't see it yet. This is the day that the Lord, when, when, this is the day the Lord has made. Before you got to today, God already made up his mind and prepared today. Before you got here, provision was already granted. I'm losing half, y'all. That's why he told Jeremiah, he said, don't be afraid of their faces. Let me give you a word of confidence, Jeremiah. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you and I called you to be a prophet to the nation. You will speak on my behalf. In other words, he's saying, you couldn't get to this people planet unless I gave a destiny for you to achieve. In other words, I've already provided everything you're supposed to be. I lost the other half of you. Come on. I just keep working till we get it done. Praise God. How about the, the servant of Elisha? They're surrounded about. And it looks like the armies of, uh, of Assyria are going to take them out. And Gehazi says, wake up, my master, for we're surrounded. Today we're going to die. He said, die? He said, we're just beginning to live. He said, master, look, can't you see? He said, no, you look. Can't you see? Lord, open his eyes that he may see what I see. And the Lord opened the eyes of Gehazi and he saw all the angels in flaming chariots surrounding them. They were already there. I'm telling you, somebody's got something in your garage worth a lot of money. You just don't know it yet. Something in your attic you don't even know about yet. You're, you got one person who's a, you're a good friend of you. That's not them, but it's the friend they have. You're one person away from a mighty miracle and a breakthrough in your life. You just can't see it yet. Get your faith out there. That's why Jesus said, lift up your eyes. Look again. He said, the, the harvest is already what? What are you talking about, Jesus? It's not even harvest time. That's four more months. He said, everybody else says four months. What do you say? Well, we say four months too because, you know, there ain't no harvest yet. He said, look again. See that the harvest is already plentiful. Everything we need has already been provided. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Jesus. There was a, my, I was blessed and I was honored for my doctorate in Jacksonville, um, Florida, and I took the family and, and uh, going through the graduate, had my little robe on, you know, and all that stuff. And they had a few speakers, and one was a, a woman speaker, older woman speaker. She was fantastic, and she was an alumni, and she was talking about her grandson. And man, when she got done with this story, I was like, my mouth just hung to the ground. I want to share that with you. She's talking about her grandson. She said, you know, my grandson didn't have a daddy growing up. And so she said, I always tried to pull together some finances to help him all his life, especially when he became a teenager. I, I tried to provide a little here and a little there where I could. She goes, but my real goal was to keep putting away money for a college fund because I wanted to go to college. And I was so proud of him that he got accepted to college. 
and he he was excited to go and and uh she said i i i, I he, we sent him off and got him there and he was all set and she said so i wrote him a letter and in the letter i was telling how proud i was of him and how thankful to God I was and that he's really overcome a lot not having a dad in his life and going he's the first one to go to college and um, on that particular side of the family. And, and she was telling the story, and, and, and she could tell how proud she was of her grandson. And she, she wrote him and said that, uh, look, I know that I've, oh, you always ask me for money. And she goes, so what I've done is instead of that, she goes, I've, I've got a, an account that I've been putting money away for you for incidentals, for things that you may need. And she says, so you don't have to ask me, just I got your name on the account, and just, you know, whatever you need it, just go ahead and draw from the account. And so she sends the letter to the, her grandson. About two months later, she hears nothing back. She starts, she's starting to get a little salty, like, what in the world, you know? I gave the boy, you know, I'm really blessing this kid, and they, I get nothing out of thank you. She expected something, right? Nothing. Three months go by, and finally, he calls her at the third month and says, hi, Grandma. He, she, he says, um, boy, I miss you. Yeah, I miss you too, son. And she's, he said, well, I hate to ask you this, kind of embarrassed, but is there a way you can front me a little money? I just, I'm a little low on cash this month and just need a few things, a few incidentals and all that. She goes, she goes, excuse me? Are you saying that you took all the money? She goes, he goes, what do you mean all the money? He goes, he goes she goes, did you read my letter? He goes, yeah, 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 that letter you sent a couple months back. Ah, I got busy. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't um, uh, get back to you. I'm sorry about that. She goes, she goes, oh, so you read my letter. Yeah. And he goes, she goes, well, so did you spend all the money I, I gave you in the account? And he goes, what account? She goes, all the money I put in the account. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, she goes uh, did you read my letter? She goes, yeah. I hear like, well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't read the whole thing. I got a little busy, blah, blah, blah. She wrote down the account information at the bottom of the letter. And she said, son, if you would have read my letter... If you would have known my words that I spoke, come on, somebody. You would have known that I already set up an account, put all you need in it, put your name on it. You didn't have to call me. All you had to do was draw from it. It's actually in your name. Had you read my letter and believed my words, you could have had from the account already. Come on, somebody. I wonder... Is God speaking to us about knowing his words? Have we read his letter? Do we really understand that God wants to prosper us and desires to give us what we need? Do we understand that the Bible says that Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give of to you? You understand what Jesus said when he said two or more gather together in his name and whatever they ask, it will be given to them on my Father. These are promises of God Almighty. Who's ready to get some seed in the ground by speaking the word of God over your situation? Because the truth is, folks, if we don't speak the word of God, we have no seed in the ground. And that seed can only germinate by faith. We let it rest there and say, God, you've got a handle on it, and it's going to work out just as you said it would. That's the seed effect. That's the power of God's word. How do I know? How do anybody know you're walking by faith? I promise you I'll know. How could you know, brother? Don't judge me. I know when all the negativity is out of your mouth, you never, not, no longer talk about what used to be. 
You're no longer talking about like a victim, how what happened to you, how you went did or done bad, how then people don't understand you, how you're sick and tired of this and that. That's how we'll know. When you're talking more future than you are your past, when your very position is different, you don't look down no more, you're looking up. Your body language even says, I'm looking for another day. You ever notice people that are always looking down today? Everybody looking down, usually on their phone, praise God. Sometimes driving on their phone. Come on, somebody talk to me. Right? We need to look up. That's how our redemption draws nigh. Come on, you got to look up. And look up when I say even your position of your posture changes. We know by the things that come out of your mouth. That's how we know faith has a particular language. Faith does not talk about what could be. Y'all don't want to hear this? Faith talks about what is. How do we know you're walking by faith? You're not even hoping anymore. You already got it. Tomorrow is Cyber Monday, y'all. Someone's got big plans. Cyber Monday. Friday was, was Black Friday, right? Cyber Monday. And people are going to be going online to get some deals. Don't blame you. Go for it. Going to get deals, right? You're going to go online, ladies, you're going to buy something nice. Maybe some of y'all want to buy a diamond ring. Yes, amen. Amos, you got some trouble over there. You got trouble. 19 years, bro. You got to catch up, man. 19 years. I saw it on Facebook. I know. And <laughs> she said, yes. And so you go to the jewelry. They got half price on just the ring you wanted. And boy, you start putting in those numbers. Visa card sits up like this, MasterCard. You put in everything. So, I mean, you're giving people all kinds of information. How many people you don't even know? Come on, give them everything. Yeah, I trust everybody, Jesus. Half price, that's all you know about, right? You know what's half price? You paid it. Now, before you got the ring, you was telling about everybody about the ring you was looking at. I'm thinking about this ring. I like this ring. One of these days, I'm going to have a ring like that. But once you put them digits in there and you hit the button, beep, enter, and it went ting, came up and said, congratulations or success. Or here's your confirmation number. We're excited. It'll be mailed out in three business days. Come on, somebody, right? Yeah, right? As soon as you got that, you don't say, I'm thinking about this ring one day I'm going to have. One of these days I'm going to have this ring. I've been thinking about this ring. I'm going to have something like this one day. No, you tell, you tell everybody, I got a ring. It's a beautiful diamond ring. It's the thing I've always wanted. Where is it? You ain't even got it yet. But you tell everybody you got a ring. Everybody. Not even one on your finger yet. But you got yourself a nice diamond ring. Why? How do you got that ring? It ain't in your hand yet. Come on, somebody. But you got it. Why? Because you got the confirmation. And this word gives you confirmation. By his stripes, you were healed. Come on. 
Well, how you feeling, brother? I'm not yet, but it's coming. It's on its way. I've already got the victory. And honey, how we know you're talking faith? Here's how we know we ain't got no ring. No ring yet. And if it don't show up on day three, boop, 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 beep, beep. hello. Can I talk to somebody in charge over there? Come on, somebody. Yeah, you said you were going to have me a ring day three. Promise I got the confirmation right here, and the ring ain't here. Tell me why. Why are you even acting like that? You ain't got it yet because you've already paid for it. Jesus has already paid for it, and you're a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Come on. So whatever he paid for belongs to you and belongs to me. And if it don't show up, you say, beep, 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 beep. Lord, your word says, I wish I could get some help in this Holy Ghost meeting today. Your word says. Did he not say, put me in remembrance of my word that we may contend together? Your word says. You gave me a promise. It's backed up in your word. Now I'm tired of these delays. I need a miracle and I need it today. That's just greedy. That's not greedy. That's holding God accountable to his word, which he said to do. That's what an accessory prayer is all about. Lord, you said, if I'd have said it, I wouldn't believe any of it. But you said it. And I've only been speaking what you said. And you told me to say it. It's got to come to pass. Did you all get something out of the word today?